Welcome to Checkmates Go, Season 2, Episode 27. Distributed denial of service attacks are nothing new, certainly not during COVID. We actually talked about DDoS in Season 2, Episode 12. What is perhaps new is the fact that people are using the threat of DDoS as an extortion tactic. And so we are talking with Ray Shippers and Tim Otis from Checkpoint's Incident Response Team. Ray, we'll start with what they've been seeing recently. Yeah, so recently we've seen a significant increase in DDoS extortion again. So uh, especially against financial services, what we're seeing is a lot of organizations um, being DDoSed uh, for a brief period. And then they receive in the email a lovely little note that says, um, we're such and such group, uh, Fancy Bear, Lizard Squad. Uh, We're seeing all kinds of names being used. Um, And basically they're saying, hey, give us 10, 20 Bitcoin or we're going to keep DDoSing you. And for every day that... um, the DDoS continues uh, moving forward. We're going to increase it by X amount. Uh, what is interesting, though, is that the initial DDoS is typically a real DDoS. Uh, it typically does wipe them out. But so far with most of uh, these threats, uh, there's been no actual follow-up. And usually what's also interesting is that the threatened major attack day is quite a way off in the future, uh, giving everyone time to kind of prepare for battle. It's almost like the old-school style of battle where you you know you agree a time and a place and you line up and you take some shots at each other um so it's very interesting that they give uh, the victims you know like a week to prepare so we've been definitely working with a quite a large number of uh, financial services and financial technology companies to kind of prepare uh, but we've never seen an actual follow-up attack so they get DDoSed, they'll take take a hit for an hour or so uh, and then they'll put in you know anti-ddos stuff and then uh but there's never a follow-on attack. Uh, but right now it's in, actually in the news that uh, the New Zealand Stock Exchange is going up and down um, over the last couple of days because of the alleged DDoS attacks. Uh, what's interesting in New Zealand is um, they have very different connectivity based on whether it's coming from overseas or domestically. So they know it's uh, coming from from overseas. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, you know, it's old, what is old is new again in, in terms of DDoS extortion. It's interesting, like Ray was saying, they, the letters that they send try to leverage scarier threat actor names that have been used before for 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 more serious attacks, like uh, like like the fancy bear. They're like using 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 names that uh, are are sophisticated threat actors, and this is really kind of. Uh, Table stakes D- DDoS rent a portal kind of extortion attacks. Not complicated. Anyone with a credit card and a web browser can basically get launch these attacks or a, a Bitcoin nowadays and, and, a, and a web browser. But yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is in their letters they say, like, Google our name Fancy Bear. And that's probably why they're using these kind of sophisticated, advanced, well known threat actor names, simply because when you do Google them and you see all these massive news headlines that all these major global companies around the world have been compromised, uh, they're hoping to kind of uh, put the fear into you and uh, make you pay up. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it, so so it sounds like a little uh, a little bit of uh, you know DDoS work and a little bit of social engineering to convince them you're a bigger actor than you are. Big time, exactly. Yeah. Are companies paying the ran- the the ransom in this case, or are they just uh, ignoring it and and hoping it goes away, or what are they doing? A lot of times, the wallets have been tracked to not show any payment. 
I think we've seen over over the time a few payments here on on wallets here and there, you know, or the industry as a whole has seen. Um, but kind of how Ray was saying, uh, it's it's almost always defensible. Uh, you, 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 you can defend against it, and if you can't defend against it with with uh, capabilities you already have, uh, there's there's so many cloud DDoS protection w- ways to do it in the cloud and and that kind of thing. Um, you can prepare, you can get ready, and you can mitigate the attack. Sometimes it costs money, and that one thing that stinks about this, by the way, is that renting time on a DDoS portal is cheap you know i can i can for less than a hundred dollars in one day launch a pretty significant ddos attack where it might cost the victim thousands of dollars for that day in ddos scrubbing services uh maybe even loss of well yeah forget about the loss of service just trying to mitigate the attack can cost you know a couple grand if you're doing on-demand ddos scrubbing uh, and then if it's successful, then then you, the loss of business on the other side, too. So it could be a double whammy. But it, it really stinks that it doesn't cost a lot to do it. And anyone could do it. My dog could do it. And uh, I, the, the, the victims have to pay, you know, kind of steep coin in comparison to mitigate it. Sounds like traditional uh, asymmetric warfare if you're... Uh, um... Yeah, because it, it, a little a little bit of uh, effort can uh, have a huge impact, and mm-hmm. um, so now I, I I mean there's a part of me that says well there is some you know I, I think every organization does need to be have a plan right so this probably forces some organizations to get a plan in place and maybe have some stuff and yes there is some some cost initially but maybe down the road they'll be prepared and uh, there the impact won't be so bad. Yep. Getting ready is important. I think the, you know, we've also been on calls where people tried to get ready, had DDoS appliance hardware under their desk and not in the rack just because, and they're getting DDoSed calling our, our hotline saying we need help. And, but they have the, they have kit that they could have put in. So just to your point that, that, yeah, like that's kind of a threat in my inbox We've got, we had a taste of a DDoS before the threat actor sent the extortion letter. The threat actor sends the extortion letter, and uh, now, we're, now we might be really scared, especially if they're impersonating a serious threat actor. And then, yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's take the steps right now to prepare. Take that box out from under our desk and put it in the rack if it's that, or talk to our ISP or another cloud scrubbing service. Usually ISPs cost a lot of money to mitigate, but another cloud scrubbing service, uh, get it in place, get it ready to flip the switch when we do need it. And most people seem to think preparing a DDoS box takes minutes. Usually those things have to sit there learning, understanding what is normal behavior for a week or two, like to get a proper understanding of your loads and everything else so it doesn't kill normal traffic. Uh, and so it's definitely not something I'd be deploying, uh, you know, under pressure, uh, tr- trying to protect. And the other key mistake I've seen as well is, um, you know, people leaving it in learning mode forever. And so it learns during a DDoS attack as well. Uh, and and that, that definitely doesn't 
isn't very helpful either. So, so definitely making sure, as with all your technology, that you're managing it, you're tuning it. Uh, we've had a number of customers where they've had a DDoS protector, they started off with a 100 meg circuit, all configured, all, all set up beautifully, and then they move to a one gig circuit. And then they wonder why the DDoS protector keeps kicking in. Well, it never learnt, it was never taught that, hey, we now have a gig. So this extra load of traffic is expected and, and these are the new kind of parameters that uh, that we should expect. It's definitely not as set as forget as people uh, like to think it is. Well, there's a certain amount of that, but you still have to, there are certain things you have to train it on for sure, right? As far as, um, uh, yeah, with, yeah, like bandwidth is one of those things, right? If the bandwidth goes up um, and it's been trained on a, on a smaller amount of bandwidth, then yeah, it's definitely a, um, something you got to worry about. And that's a, uh, so yeah, with, with, as with all technologies, it's better to actually implement it in a non-crisis situation if you could if you can avoid it and and then uh, and then when the crisis cut and hopefully you've also had some some training and you know maybe even some mock exercises and so when when it ultimately uh you know when it ultimately happens then you're ready or at least you've you've at least mocked it and so you kind of know what to do and and you've got a you've got a fighting chance not to mention that kind of what to raise point there's care and feeding that's important because new things come out like every, I don't want to say every week cause it's not true, but once a quarter, at least bind has a new vulnerability that allows some kind of denial of service. There's new techniques like, uh, what was it? Five years ago, the NTP mon list was a, was a new technique. There were new UPnP techniques to reflect UDP. Uh, there's there were there was the new DNS cache busting thing that was like uh, I think five or six years ago that that first came on the scene. But DDoS is old school, right? Like just send a bunch of packets in general, right? But as as the application layers uh, attacks change and morph and grow and new techniques happen, there is some care and feeding of your 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 technology whether it's a box on your premise or a cloud solution you're using to scrub for DNS or uh, sorry, DDoS, you got to talk to them and, and say, yo, do you cover DNS cache busting now or, or whatever it might be, th- these new things? Because just like uh, vulnerabilities on, on systems, uh, new techniques for amplifying traffic, sending traffic, reflecting traffic are, are, are happening despite you know the fact that DDoSing is kind of old school. Yeah, and you can still do it in the cloud, right? I mean, that's so just mm-hmm. because your infrastructure is in the cloud, okay? So, you know, okay, you may not need a DDoS uh, appliance on premise anymore, but whatever, wherever you're hosting your your public your fa- you know your public facing infrastructure, you've got to have some sort of mechanism in place, and, and so you know, like in the public cloud, yeah, you know, you got you got to have you got to have some stuff in place to handle that, and and uh, you know, and then things like DNS, right? Because they don't have to attack you; they just have to attack your DNS host, right? Um, yeah, to, to take you offline so it, it, it's understanding how all the bits and pieces go together and being able to um and making sure you have a plan in place for all of those things yeah so, so the cloud cloud is much harder to ddos uh, but there obviously you have to be uh, have a big credit card uh handy uh, and that is something to be aware of is what what are when we move to the cloud jay you know it, it's it's much easier to defend against ddos but what's the cost um, and one thing that could be, and we're seeing a lot of customers doing, is having kind of the permanent anti DDoS, your, your cloud flares, your impervers, all those, uh, the RAD with defense pipes, you know, the kind of permanent inline solutions. And that also hides your infrastructure. So, so rather than publishing where, where your infrastructure actually sits and where it lives, 
um, you can easily move it around uh, and, and it's permanently kind of being filtered through these DDoS and, and application level um, uh, security solutions. And, and regarding cost too, like a web server in the cloud that's configured to auto scale that's under a HTTP volumetric attack is just going to scale. It's, it's just going to take it, suck it up and scale up. And then your Amazon bill will be hefty at the end of the month. Right. So yeah, depending on the attack method and all that, you know, there's, there's a lot to worry about when we're in the cloud. Well, it's, and, it's, and by the way, it's not just a denial of service of the service itself, because yeah, if you host it on Amazon and you host it the right way, then uh, the service will stay up. But uh, yeah, yeah, your wallet may not stay up. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's always the concern I had with putting anything in Amazon. I'm like, you kind of look at, you kind of run the numbers and you go, hmm, this could be very costly if somebody decides they want to, uh, you know, to, to uh, pull, uh, you know, to, to just keep uh, refreshing my website and pulling all the data off of it. So uh, maybe hosting it in Amazon is not the best uh, solution. <laughs> So, you know, there's got, and, and, you know, I'm there, it's, okay, you need to configure caps so when that stuff happens that you at least get an alert and can say, okay, I'm going to shut it down, right? So there, there's a, um, you know, there is, so yeah, and, and so it's, this is also, it's knowing what you're, uh, you know, it's having appropriate monitoring in place and being able to say, hey, look, this, when, when, when this out of the normal thing happens, let me know about it and then I can go investigate and go, oh, yeah, this is not, this is not good, let me shut this down, so um yeah, so it's you know again, you, it depends on what your uh, how you're hosting the uh, the service, whatever it is. It's so you need to kind of understand the cost models for things and um, and and what that is, right? So and and, and how to uh, how to turn it off when you need to, because yeah, because yeah, you don't want to have a uh, a wallet crash. <laughs> and the uh, the other unique issue with the cloud that uh, we've actually had a couple of customers experience is. Uh, you don't always know who previously owned the IP or who was assigned that IP, I should say. And so we've had a number of customers getting IPs that are now assigned to their account. Uh, for example, we had a large university. They keep getting DDoS attack against an, uh, part of their IP space their cloud provider has given them that clearly belonged to someone else previously uh, because there's nothing behind it right now. It's not you know point. There's nothing pointing to these individual IPs, but they keep getting DDoSed. Um, at, at random times and random intervals. So clearly uh, they got on a list somewhere f f in a previous life, uh, but uh, now the university has to clean up these DDoS attacks randomly uh, because they, they don't control the IPs, they don't know where it was assigned previously or what was behind it before. Yeah, and you can't exactly block the traffic, right? Because you want to eventually use it for legitimate uh, traffic, and so... Yeah, I mean that's a it's a bit it's a bit of a challenge to us uh, to to solve that, right? Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's where the kind of the permanent DDoS filtering solutions kind of come in as well, because you can kind of funnel everything through that, and then you can limit the traffic to just your your upstream uh, provider. Thanks for listening to Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. Thanks for listening.